Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Today, we are getting into the nitty gritty of each driver and how they performed over two races over a sprint weekend with 5,000 competitive sessions. It's going to be a fun one, isn't it, Tommy? There is so much to unpack in drive ratings. And then when it's a sprint, it's like another 20 drivers again uh, and try and scramble my brain and remember um, everything that went on. So apologize if I missed the greatest battle of all time with Joe Guan Yu and Kevin Magnussen. Although to be fair, the cameras uh, missed everything decent as well, apparently. They so, did miss everything. Uh, you can't blame us. So we saw it in replay or maybe someone on Twitter popped a little. Yeah. Have you seen this, the battle of the ages for P16 or something? And you're like, that was unbelievable. But we'll get into that. Uh, and this is actually the first time, Tommy, that we are chatting together, recording, uh, since the disqualifications for Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. Yes, it is. Uh, we... we wrapped up the pod and it was what uh, maybe like an hour hour and a half afterwards um but we did say throughout that that um you know it was going to be a dsq at the end of the day i've seen a lot of people going oh well you know if it was fia bull they'd have only got a one place grid penalty but like from the start it's always been that and what i found actually quite interesting about it i, I sent you the 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 picture on whatsapp is uh uh one of our photographer buddies uh jamie price who was there taking some pictures um of those amazing kind of s's that resemble maggots and beckett's you can actually see the ferraris and mercedes scraping and sparking and the red bull looks quite high and apparently you know they've sacrificed a bit of speed because they were worried about the bumps doing exactly that and i guess the beauty is they have uh the <laughs> the pace to still be able to be competitive and do it but uh, ferrari and mercedes pushed it too hard well with one of their cars just too oh definitely not there yeah i mean that's another con contentious thing isn't it certainly is we'll get into all of that as we get into driver ratings but let's begin with the man of the moment logan Sargent started the sprint in 20th finished 19th started the race in 16th finished 10th logie bear it's interesting, isn't it? Because the sprint was one of the worst races I think we've seen from him. As I said in the podcast previously, Alex Albon finished closer to Verstappen than Sargent did to Albon. And you're thinking, it's time to tear up that contract, James Fowles. Let's make a decision here. Hopefully he didn't for Logan's sake, because in the race, it was actually relatively good. I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Logan Sargent. I think it's... We're not, we're not going to get too crazy here. But what I will appreciate, uh, and this is something I put on Twitter as well, was for Logan to bounce back after Qatar, where he had to make probably one of the most difficult decisions of his entire life of retiring from that race due to illness, uh, and to then come and, uh, and score a point. I know, disqualifications, few retirements, whatever, but he still scored a point. That is what goes down in the history books. Uh, I don't think it's any better than a seven because I don't think Alex Albon is Max Verstappen in the sense of comparing to your teammates, but it was still a good drive. Uh, and Logan is now a points scorer. He sure is. I've gone for an eight out of 10 for Logan Sargent. Um, it's, 
it's a high seven that I've pushed to an eight um, because well done, Logie, getting some points. And I think as well, not just the Qatar thing, but to pick himself up after that awful sprint where, you know, me and you, and I think fairly were being like, right, that's it. Surely he's done now. And maybe this drive has saved him again because this is exactly what we've been saying. You know, he just needs to be there or thereabouts with Albon, uh, not making mistakes. And he didn't. And yes, Albon had a, a penalty, but it was only five seconds, even if he'd finished six seconds by an Albon. Uh, it's a very good drive. And of course, you know, he gets points because of the the penalty, but disqualification. He's up there. Sorry, of the yeah, disqualifications, but at the end of the day, he's up there um to maximize that so well done logan alex albon now his teammate started the sprint in eighth finished ninth uh, started the race in 15th finished ninth i've gone for exactly the same grade an eight out of ten uh mainly because albon did about the same as as logan bit bit better had the track limit penalty of course had a great sprint sprint as well he was only two tenths off a point um in that as well which would have been a great uh, result for Williams to bag points in in both, uh, and Alex Albon nearly did that. And yeah, for him to get two uh, ninth places when the Williams is certainly not um, a car on paper that you'd say is like the fifth best car. So, um, good job from from Alex again. I've gone for an eight out of ten for Alex Albon. I think that. You know, what differentiates the two teammates is the sprint. Logan had an absolutely woeful time in the sprint and I can't give them the same grade because of it. But Alex gets an 8 out of 10 because, of course, you know, very, very good in, in both races and um, obviously pushing quite hard. Loves a little track limits penalty, does Alex, you know, pushing the limits and all that good stuff. He did it in Qatar as well, didn't he? But um, still scores um, a couple of points and and Williams, again, like, yeah, pretty pretty solid weekend for a track that... I don't think any of us expected them to to be to be that high up, especially when they were starting. Uh, where was it? Yeah, fifteenth and sixteenth. Well, it wasn't even. 15th. It would have been further back than that had it not been for the pit lane yeah, starts. They were so the four pit lane starters. <laughs> yes. So, so well done to the Williams team. Daniel Ricciardo now started the sprint in tenth, finished twelfth. Started the race in fourteenth, finished fifteenth. I have gone for a six out of ten for Daniel Ricciardo. Um, he had a reasonably solid sprint. And then the race, I feel like he's been fully screwed over, one, by the strategy, and two, what wasn't ma- really made clear um, during the race is that he actually picked up uh, a lot of damage to his floor and front brake duct, which was found uh, when he pitted, uh, which, of course, would have affected his pace quite substantially. Um, but I think, you know, all, all things being considered, he's coming back for the first time after breaking his hand, kept it on the black stuff, got stuck in in the sprint i'm i'm gonna give him a six i've also gone for a six out of ten for danny rick it's like i don't think it's anywhere near as bad as as some people think uh that drive and especially with, with damage it looks a lot worse on paper than it actually is um you know if he carries on doing these drives it's less than ideal and i think that there'll be questions asked but um yeah it's a it's a decent result and of course you know having the damage as well we we know what happens with these cars uh, when you pick up floor damage you know think to max verstappen in silverstone 
uh, that time when he, you know, he's got a car battling for the win, and then as soon as he picked up floor damage, he was racing wheel to wheel with Mick Schumacher and a Haas. It just shows how much these modern cars rely on that. So it does make a big, a big difference. So you've got to uh, factor that into it as well. Absolutely. What do you mean, Tommy? Don't you mean Max Verstappen could win in a Haas? No. Like, come on. <laughs> no, he See couldn't. that enough on Twitter. Jeez. Yuki Tsunoda now started the sprint in 19th, finished 14th, started the race in 11th, finished 8th. Gone for an 8 out of 10 for Yuki Tsunoda. Um, of course, when you actually look at it overall, the P5 is an absolute... Uh, sorry, P5? Five points. Five points. <laughs> yeah, sorry, five points. I'm very tired. The The weekend has definitely caught up with me today. Um but yeah, the the fact that he's managed to get a big chunk of points at AlphaTauri when they desperately need it, and they're caught up Haas uh, quite a lot after, after this. Bagged the extra point, of course, as well, which was great. Um, it's, the only thing that let him down really this weekend was his sprint, um, where he was kind of poor in qualifying, but made up to 14th. But then you can argue that someone like AlphaTauri, it's very rare they're going to score uh, in a very short race where you only get... Uh, there's only eight positions with points. So um, he made the most of the race and uh, got points. And finally, uh, he bagged those points because there was one moment where I was like, oh my God, he's finishing 11th again, please, no. And it was, uh, you've won, but at what cost? Because it was Fernando Alonso that was retiring uh, from P9, I think, at the time. Uh, I've gone for an eight out of 10 as well for Yuki Tsunoda. It's nice to see that AlphaTauri didn't completely and utterly screw him over with a zero-stop race or a five-stop race or something to uh, to really make it difficult for him. Um, I think we were watching along, weren't we? And we thought, oh, Yuki's actually in there. Can't wait for him to finish 17th. And he actually didn't. Uh, and he was right there and um, utilised that package, which I don't think there's much of a package for that AlphaTauri. But Yuki once again showing that he has got that raw speed and... Yeah, then cat- uh, capitalised on uh, on those two disqualifications and five points is massive for Alpha Tauri. So uh, we'll see if we get another crazy race between now and the end of the season, which could change the uh, the bottom of that constructors' table. Nico Hulkenberg now started the sprint in sixteenth, finished fifteenth, started the race in the pit lane, finished eleventh. I've gone for a six out of ten for Nico Hulkenberg. I was not expecting, with all of this hype around this new massive Haas upgrade, to be saying, God, well, weren't they anonymous this weekend? But they were. They were as anonymous as they usually are in a lot of times. Obviously, Nico sometimes uh, pulls out the bag in qualifying, but didn't really see that this weekend from either of the Haas drivers, apart from at the start of Q1, when we're like, ooh, is this the moment? Gunter Steiner, champion of the world. But that didn't happen. And yeah, he was close to the points in the end after the disqualifications, but and outclassed Kevin Magnussen once again, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's still nothing to write home about. Uh, sure hasn't gone for a six out of ten as well. Uh, we say it every single weekend, but Haas are just so rubbish. <laughs> uh, they're just they're just so anonymous and you know Hulkenberg may well have just had the greatest race of his life but we'll never know because they're just absolutely nowhere. Um I don't think he did for for the record which is why I gave him a 6 out of 10 but yeah he's just shy of the points but the only reason for that is because there's not many people that actually finish the race if you include the DSQs as well. So um yeah upgrades doing nothing and Haas are just such a anonymous team that only really you 
notice their existence uh, after one episode of Drive to Survive each season when Gunther's in it, and then it's back to kind of, right, what, who are Hass again? They're just nowhere. Wow, hello. Come on, Tommy. Pop off. <laughs> Kevin Magnussen now started the sprint in 17th, finished 18th, started it from the pit lane for the main race and finished 14th. Gone for a 4 out of 10 for Kevin Magnussen. Another classic K-Mag of just being a bit washed. And um, weirdly, uh, well, I, I think we saw Kevin Magnussen 2023 spec in a nutshell which was loads of battles but not very quick and a pretty rubbish result um the there was something we mentioned at the the start of the show about you know all these battles we missed him and yuki Tsunoda had the most unbelievable battle where they went side by side through that triple right hander after doing the switch back in that amazing slow corner that that people do um and then battling side by side even into the final two corners as well it was unbelievable but uh, it was all for nothing really because Magnussen just didn't really have much much pace which has kind of been the case a lot this year no uh, and I think when you look at Kevin Magnussen's race um, 10 laps on fresh mediums at the start and you're like wow I think that was when we saw that that gaggle of three cars come in uh, of Albon, Bottas and Magnussen so early into the race and you're like so you're slow and you're going through your fresh mediums, which are like the the the, the most rare and like special resource, which are those medium tires. Um, but they that, couldn't couldn't make it work. Yeah, that whole race. Uh, don't know if you feel the same, but it you know you've had quite a few retirements. Some of the top guys have retired as well, and it really does feel like you look at Haas at the moment. You're like, how on earth are they ever going to score a point again? Like they didn't even score a point in Qatar when everyone could do their their multiple pit stops so they're just so so bad at the moment they certainly are i've gone for a four out of ten as well for kevin magnuson he was fighting like his life depended on it with everyone that would fight him logan Sargent, we saw him pulling a little move on k mag as well wow you know that was i mean to be fair that's the action we wanted to see and some of the time it was in replay form but we won't get into f1 tv otherwise we'd probably imagine we have like f1 tv at the end and we grade them out of ten as well i don't feel like this week that it'd be a particularly high score but yeah, K-Mag, I mean, finishing 18th in the sprint and 14th in the main race when literally almost everybody uh, you know, behind him either retired or got disqualified. I think Haas might want to have ripped up this new contract and gone for someone else uh, because he's not delivering on the promise in which I'm sure he gave, which was experience and pushing the team forward. And neither him or Hulkenberg have been pushing the team forward. If anything, they've gone backwards. So um, it's sad to see. I, I like to see Haas do well, but I don't see it happening for the rest of the year. Lance Stroll now started the sprint in 14th, did not finish, and started the main race from the pit lane and finished 7th. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Lance Stroll. I feel like he had one of the quietest pit lane to 7th places you, you've ever seen. I'm pretty sure I said this at the start of our Twitch stream or me and whatever it was where it was like, Oh, I'm sure Lance Stroll will get knocked out in Q1 or, and then, and then obviously come back through and, and be in the points. Or I think I said 11th actually. And, and he's, he's, he's managed to finish to finish seventh. Um, yeah. Incredibly impressive. He was running the new spec car. Old, oh, was he the old or the new spec? One of the, basically Fernando and Alonso went back to the old. So spec. Fernando was on the old spec. Lance was on the new spec. 
Um, and Lance was only a few seconds behind Fernando when he retired. I think three, four seconds maybe when Fernando had his problems. Uh, so Lance was was on the pace uh, with Fernando. And I'm sure when Aston Martin go back to the drawing board and look at the analysis, they go, so Lance was within four seconds of Fernando with the new spec car. I think that one works slightly better. But either or, Lance did a very good job. And um, yeah, some, some big points, but could not stop McLaren from going past them. Could not. Uh, I've gone for a eight out of ten. Um, it's so borderline seven and eight because yeah, he, he's obviously you know I, th- I think it is a good a, a good drive. Um, he's had a bit of a mare elsewhere. Um, his qualifying wasn't wasn't great at all either. Um, obviously started from the pits and then did the the Lance Stroll drive was going to finish behind Alonso who had an older spec car but then you know this this is more what we're kind of expecting from Lance it's not him finishing 20 places behind <laughs> Fernando although that's going to be a lot trickier when Aston Martin is so bad that now Fernando is only able to <laughs> qualify about 13th and 14th as well absolutely so well done Lance you get a good result that will help your averages that's for sure Fernando Alonso started the sprint in 12th, finished 13th, started the race from the pit lane and didn't finish. Gone for an 8 out of 10 for Fernando. Um, people may say that I'm a fanboy, but I think it is a good drive. You know, he was go- he was potentially going to beat Gasly, uh, who had an absolutely sensational result. And when you think that Fernando started in the pit lane driving an old spec car, um, it would have been uh, a great... A great result, uh, and you know, if he if Alonso finishes that race in P six, we'd be sat here going, "Oh my God, he is trying to cling on to that position in the championship when he really shouldn't be there." And I know you would. I know you'd be can. claiming goat know, status, absolutely. Um, but alas, floor damage, uh, pain, and I can't shy away from that. His sprint wasn't wasn't great either. He was kind of getting into some clumsy battles in the midfield and was maybe overdriving the car a bit. I've also gone for an 8 out of 10 for Fernando. Uh, it, it was an incredibly impressive uh, race from both of the Aston Martins, considering they got knocked out in Q1, both of them. Uh, you, you kind of thought that maybe this was going to be a, a very, very difficult weekend, but their race pace was very strong. Uh, the strategy was 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 well executed. And yeah, Fernando, if he'd have beaten Gasly, that would have been yeah sensational. Uh, but alas, it didn't happen. Uh, so a pair of 8s for the Aston Martin boys. Valtteri Bottas started the sprint in 18th, finished 16th, started the race in 13th, finished 12th. Well, Valtteri, 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 Valtteri. Hmm, you've had you've had one of those races again, haven't you, Valtteri, where nothing happens. Five out of ten uh, for Valtteri Bottas, Alfa Romeo, back to being incredibly washed. Uh, as, I, as I said, they pitted really early. Uh, Bottas on lap 10, Joe on lap nine from fresh mediums and then they kind of went for these this two sort of well one kind of small hard stint and then a very long hard stint at the end and i don't think the strategy was probably uh the best in terms of what we saw from the other runners but yeah alpha very washed didn't see much of them five out of ten yeah i've gone for a five out of ten for bottas as well um after the heroics of Qatar and Alfa Romeo bagging all those points, they were back to anonymous Alfa Romeo, forgetting they even exist and just kind of being 
in the midfield and you just don't see them the whole race and they don't really do anything. So it's straight down the middle, five out of ten. Zhou Guan Yu started the sprint in 15th, finished 17th, started the main race in 12th, finished 13th. Now this may surprise you, but I've gone for a five out of ten <laughs> for Zhou Guan Yu for, like Bottas, just existing and driving and not crashing and finishing in a mediocre position where that Alfa Romeo is kind of there and not doing anything special. So five out of 10, I don't really know what there is more to say no, no, about I, I, his race, just anonymous. Five out of 10 for me as well, Like just nothing to say. They did nothing. I don't think I saw anything of them. It's straight down the middle for both of the Alfa Romeo drivers. Oscar Piastri started the sprint in 5th, finished 10th, started the main race in 10th, did not finish. I have gone for a 5 out of 10 for Oscar Piastri this week. Probably, in terms of pace, the worst weekend he's had in a very long time, especially in comparison to what Lando Norris was achieving uh, in the other side of the garage. Obviously, a, a massive shame in the race. It looked like he, he... I think he could have been fighting for the sort of top six... Um, but unfortunately, Esteban Ocon decided that he was going to keep his foot in and understeer into the side of Oscar's car, which, I mean, we at the time went, how on earth is he still going? Ten laps later, he wasn't going anymore, and the biggest flop was well and truly executed, so I apologise again, Oscar. But yeah, it, it just was one of those weekends that just didn't click for him at all. In qualifying, in the, in the sprint race, he was falling like a stone. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he may have salvage something in in the main race um but we won't we won't know yeah uh for oscar i have gone for a six out of ten just because in the main race um he looked a little bit more um a, a little bit better before he was obviously having the the problems and and retired um his sprint was absolutely awful uh and yeah um didn't qualify great compared to Lando and you were kind of going oh my god you know this biggest flop curse has hit him hit him hard but um after all the hype uh, the weird thing about Oscar Piastri in that race I don't know if you felt the same that if you'd have told me and this hap has happened a lot in the season that he had an older spec car for that weekend I'd have believed you because he just wasn't there with Lando you know it, we've had those races haven't we where Oscar in recent times where Oscar hasn't been close to Lando, it's been because he's not got the upgrades yet or something. But as far as I know, they were driving exactly the same car and Oscar was just really struggling all weekend. So I've gone for a six out of 10. What I will say is Oscar Piastri had an absolutely worldy start, didn't he? He, he did. He was, he, fi he was fighting Verstappen. Well, no, he was. Yeah, we, yeah he was actually. He was, he was, and considering he started 10th, he'd made four positions up. Uh, coming out of turn one, I'm just like watching the the, the highlights again and, and seeing that he kind of went for the, the up and under and took a quite a tight line into turn one, which which paid massive dividends for him. Um, but unfortunately, after that, we can't really judge it. We don't know if he would have fallen back or if he would have stayed with it. But um, unfortunate for Oscar, definitely. Lando Norris now started the sprint in fourth, finished fourth, started the main race in second, finished second. Gone for a... Nine out of ten for Lando Norris. Um, it's another very impressive weekend. Not quite perfect, which is why it's a nine out of ten. But um, yeah, uh, another P two. He is 
just flying at the moment. Uh, his his form has been so impressive. Uh, the fact that he's managed to, you know, claw his way up the the drivers' championship after essentially might as well have not been there for the first six or seven races, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, another impressive drive, but one that does make you think like could could there have been something there more um because he had that lead we were like oh lando's got a chance if he gets the lead into turn one and verstappen takes a while to get through the pack and that's exactly what happened but it still uh sadly didn't uh quite work out for him i've also gone for a nine out of ten uh for lando i think it was incredibly impressive i probably would have given him a 10 had he beat hamilton uh, on the road obviously but uh, that that didn't happen it just it was clear to see that the mclaren was quite was struggling quite a lot actually with with tire wear it seemed because uh, you know we were thinking oh maybe one stop maybe one stop but he was struggling on his tires after his second stop onto the hard tires again so um, it was a shame obviously for us that we thought maybe just maybe he was going to do a, do the one stop but after we saw how Charles Leclerc was uh, I think it's a good job that McLaren did not do a, a one stop strategy although obviously not the same car. Uh, so yeah, a great result for Lando. Unbelievable momentum that this guy's got at the moment. He's get, he's going on the podium every week and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with as soon as that McLaren can really challenge uh, the Red Bulls. Sorry, Red Bull. Pierre Gasly started the sprint in ninth, finished seventh and started the main race in seventh and finished sixth. I have gone for a nine out of 10 for Pierre Gasly because I think it was an incredibly impressive weekend uh, for Outwear. It should have been for Alpine overall. Uh, but for Gasly, it, I think he was he went quietly. He has these races occasionally where he just goes quietly <laughs> about his way and just picks up loads of points. And we don't really see much of him, but he finishes best of the rest or whatever that might be. Alpine, I don't think, should have been as quick as maybe they were this weekend. And and I think Gasly outperformed the car especially uh, by by picking up that amount of points. So very impressed Pierre Gasly, well done. Indeed, I've gone for a 9 out of 10 as well. Um, I almost wanted to give Gasly a 10 um, because it was so good. But Steady I on, the race back. big boy. I know, I watched the race back and Ocon was ahead of him uh, when he had his problem. But you can't deny that Gasly has absolutely maximised what he's got, uh, you know, the car he's got under him there. Uh, and it's quite rare in these sprints, and we've mentioned this with, Logan Sargent and, um, you know, other other drivers uh, like Daniel Ricciardo a lot or, or Piastri or whatever, where they either have, a, a lot of the time with sprints, sometimes drivers can have an absolute terrible one and a really good one. Um, but Gasly was was really good in both. You know, to get seventh and sixth from those two results is is very impressive. So, yeah, a really, a really strong weekend from from Gasly. Fair play. Esteban Ocon now started the sprint in 13th, finished 11th, started the main race in 8th and did not finish. Gone for a 6 out of 10 for Esteban Ocon. Um, obviously, the sprint has not been great. Uh, and in the race, he had good pace, but then it's more on him, isn't it, the, him, the Piastri incident. And it's another, another kind of incident that he doesn't need to be getting involved in, particularly when we've seen that Gasly uh, just keeping his kind of car out of trouble he can pick up some great points and very surprising that Alpine did have this this pace and were able to to be right up there and maybe Ocon should have just uh, been a bit less happy with um, 
you know excitable and trying to go side by side into into corners with people and just settled for for the position and got a, a solid result but alas he didn't and plummeted down the order and didn't finish I've gone a lot harsher I've gone for a four out of ten for Esteban Ocon mainly because that that incident was absolutely his fault if we're going to say between himself and Oscar just simply understeered I'm not saying that it's like a oh he's completely yeeted him off but and it is slightly you know lap one it's a bit unlucky but it is Esteban's fault uh, and it in turn caused himself and Oscar to DNF, so uh, I can't give him any higher than a four. I think, if anything, I'm being maybe a little bit generous because because uh, it ruined any chance of, of Esteban uh, getting any points. And yeah, he was very, well, he was too eager. He was too eager to try and um, stay ahead of, of Oscar going into those S's. And unfortunately, he paid the price uh, for that. So yeah, four out of ten from me. Lewis Hamilton started the sprint in third, finished second, started the main race in third, and was disqualified. I've gone for a 9 out of 10 for Lewis Hamilton. I'm not going to give him any less just because he was disqualified. We're talking about the actual racing here and it's not his wasn't his prerogative to to have the floor the way it was or whatever. So, um yeah, it was an unbelievable drive from Lewis. Had he won, obviously it would have been a 10. Uh it was close. I'm disappointed with the Mercedes strategy uh, as we mentioned in the in the main race podcast. Genuinely, I'm, I'm, it's almost a saving grace that Mercedes fumbled the bag because if he had won and then got disqualified, that would have been the worst thing, I think, for for all Formula One uh, to have Hamilton back on the top step after 2021 Saudi Arabia uh, to then be disqualified from it. I, I don't think the, the sport would have ever recovered. So, <laughs> and Verstappen inheriting and, it, or yeah. F on Twitter for that matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it was still a very good drive from Lewis and I would be interested to see how much slower Mercedes would have been had they actually been uh within the technical regulations mm, i've gone for a nine out of ten as well for for hamilton it's a brilliant drive it's hard to um downgrade him for for his car that's been disqualified because it's happened to other um other teams as well of course uh and other drivers and you know hamilton's not decided to run that car <laughs> that low to uh to uh end up picking up that that dsq and i've seen a lot of people uh, a lot of the drivers actually complaining about uh cota and the bumps and stuff and it kind of they need to change the circuit because they were comparing it to like a rally track with the amount of bumps in a formula one car particularly with these cars and how stiff they are uh nowadays and and how they run uh low to the ground so yeah uh pretty much uh maximized everything he could uh Again, mentioned in in the race podcast, it's a shame that he was doing the chasing when I think he should have been the one that was ahead and Max chasing him, but it didn't happen. But in a way, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> maybe they knew. Maybe Mercedes were like, we think we're going to get disqualified. Let's fumble the bag. Let's just, just very minorly fumble the bag so no one gets too upset. Maybe it was big brain strats from Mercedes. We'll never know. George Russell started the sprint in 11th, finished 8th, and then started the main race in 5th, finished 5th. This may seem harsh, but I've gone for a 5 out of 10 for George Russell, um, which, yeah, uh, some people may think is harsh when he's finished the sprint in 8th and finished the race in 5th. But at the end of the day, um, I think he's a very lucky boy that his car wasn't checked because surely uh, if his car was checked, it would be exactly the same uh, as Hamilton and he'd have ended up disqualified. So he's actually inherited two places and would have finished 7th. Uh, on the road and I with George right 
he he was really good in Qatar uh, after I was kind of maybe being a bit uh, worried about how he was performing. And he was really good in Qatar. And I thought, all right, he's turned his season around a bit and uh, he'll get back to, uh, you know, the driver that we know he is. But he was absolutely nowhere near Hamilton this weekend. Um, and I actually think that he's extremely lucky that Hamilton got disqualified because the championship table before Hamilton got disqualified is very grim reading for, for George Russell because Hamilton's there almost, you know, battling. Well, he, he's closing in on Checo for P2 and Russell's down in eighth. And I think it's completely gone, on, gone under the radar of quite how bad George's had a season in compared to, to Lewis this season, uh, which is a surprise because last season he was very good. Uh, you know, couldn't take that away from him. He got a win, did really well. But I do think that, that George needs to, to up his game because, yeah, he's, he's really not performing how I thought, thought he would uh, this season at the moment. Yeah, I've also gone for a 5 out of 10. I don't think it's harsh at all, if anything. He's, he's lucky to escape a 4 because I've just changed it. But um, it was <laughs> it was a very poor weekend from George. He was no way. He got a penalty for blocking um, in sprint qualifying, which Charles Leclerc obviously came over the radio with a very funny uh, penalty for Mr. Russell. Thank you. Um, but he was nowhere uh, in comparison to Lewis Hamilton almost the entirety of the weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going under the radar as well how George... I mean, he he has like these odd moments where he's with Hamilton and he'll finish quite you know level or on par with him. But then there are these moments where he's dipping quite substantially. And um, yeah, it it was a, a weekend to forget, I think, uh, for George because you say finishing seventh on the road when Hamilton was two seconds off the win, it's not good enough. Like, it's, you know, we we would be slandering other drivers in other teams for doing the same like thing Perez, to their right? teammate. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so George uh, gets a five out of ten from me. Carlos Sainz started the sprint in sixth, finished sixth, started the main race in fourth, finished third. I've gone for a seven out of ten uh, for Carlos. Um, some decent driving, um, utilising a good strategy from Ferrari, but Ferrari only decided to do that with one car. We'll get onto that. Um, but yeah, he was he, he made the most of the, the opportunities in front of him when there was cars going slower, like George Russell, whatever you know, making the move stick and. Obviously, then passed Charles Leclerc at the end uh, to 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 yes wave goodbye to his teammate, um, but obviously inherits another podium after not being on the podium. Um, it's, <laughs> oh, no, it's Carlos Sainz, isn't that. it? It's, it's what an iconic duo uh, for Carlos and not being on the podium when it's a podium. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a it was a, a good race from Carlos. I don't think he was actually he wasn't on the level of Charles Leclerc this weekend, but the strategy obviously helped him out quite quite nicely. So uh, yeah, seven. I've gone for a seven out of ten, and I think you've covered it all really. That he's got a good, good result and points in the in the bank, but he was uh, fortunate that he got the the good strategy, uh, and his car wasn't being checked because um, Charles Leclerc did. And uh, like with Russell, surely uh, the teammate has the same problem, but that's not how the rules work. Certainly isn't. Charles Leclerc started the sprint in second, finished third, started the main race in first, finished disqualified. Ouch. Uh, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Charles Leclerc uh, because I think he has been shafted this weekend uh, and I think he had great pace. Uh, the sprint, you know, if you look at his results, 
in the qualifying sessions, second in the sprint, first in the main race. And people use this as some kind of like negative for some reason. I think it's totally unfair because the guy is just able in one lap pace to do incredible things with the Formula One car. And I'm sounding like the Charlotte Claire fanboy right now, but it's not a bad thing that he can do that. And it is clear to everyone, you know, anyone with a slight bit of wheel knowledge that he doesn't have the tires and the car in the race because we've seen that. Um, and yeah, he's dropped back uh, and he had an absolutely awful strategy. Uh, maybe, you know, he's on the podium. You've got to think he would be if he just had a normal strategy, particularly with, with that. But it doesn't matter because he got disqualified. And one interesting thing that I will mention um, is he liked a couple of our tweets uh, <laughs> after the race. And one of them was uh, one from from me where I basically said, it's a bit weird, isn't it, that essentially half the people that have been checked have been disqualified, which makes you wonder how many other drivers have uh, been disqualified and got away with it just because they're not checked. Uh, and Charles clearly uh, agreed. And he, he loves a little Twitter-like to give his opinion without doing a tweet, basically. Uh, and that's what it was. It was basically like, I agree with this and want people to know that this is my opinion. Um for the for the people on Twitter that check his likes, but he obviously can't come out and slander the uh, the way Formula One is run. And he also liked my tweet, which was crying session at my house at tonight at eight. Pull up, <laughs> um, very different was, tweet to which mine. Which was quite, uh, quite, yeah. quite funny. So um, our thoughts go out to you, Charles. Um, well, yeah, because I'm feeling it just as you are. I've gone for an eight out of ten as well for Charles Leclerc. I think he. He thrust that Ferrari into a place it didn't belong uh, in qualifying, as we have got to know with him. Uh, did a good job in the sprint to finish third. And then, yeah, the one stop. Uh, there was a, I can't remember who said it, it was a post-race chat. And then apparently Charles Leclerc was speaking to Pierre Gasly and going, oh, are you going to be doing a one stop? And Pierre was like, F no. And then uh, Charles, obviously, after the race, I think it was actually a Gasly interview where he said that um, on F1, um, the post-race live thing. Um so yeah, Charles was clearly like a little bit apprehensive about the decision because he's obviously going around going, oh, so Pierre, what are you going to be doing? You know, this race, one stop, yeah? And and Pierre's gone, absolutely not. Uh, so mm. interested to see why Charles went along with that uh, because at the end of the day, he is a driver and he can call for a two-stop if necessary, but uh, he sort of committed to it. No one else, I don't think anybody else did a one-stop... Uh, no, literally no other car. No, because he stayed out the longest and then they were just kind of, by the end, were just like, well, we've made our bed now, let's lie in it. Rather yeah, than... not one other car did a one-stop. Uh, and that kind of just speaks volumes, really, as to uh, to what Sh uh, Charles and Ferrari decided to do. But I still think he had a great weekend and, and <laughs> he got disqualified. Yeah, good. But I, I genuinely think Logan Sargent's on the podium if everybody gets checked. Heard it here first. Wow. Logie Bear. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Sergio Perez started the sprint in seventh, finished fifth, started the main race in ninth, finished fourth. On paper, that looks all right. I'm giving him a six out of ten uh, for Sergio Perez. It's, it's okay, but your teammates winning both the sprint and the race. It, it, I feel like we're just regurgitating the same thing over and over and over. It's qualifying is just not good enough. And and this is where we see, like, 
Max isn't getting pole by a massive margin or, or whatever. Obviously, he didn't he made that mistake on Friday, but it's very close in qualifying. And when Sergio has that deficit to his teammate in qualifying, he's going to fall back quite significantly. And that's what we're seeing. You know, starting the sprint in seventh, starting the main race in ninth. It just gives him too much work to do, and then he's stuck in the stuck in the traffic for quite a long time. And I see some people going, oh, Matt, you know, what is with all this Checo slander? And, oh, you just want him out the Red Bull seat. And I'm like, do you see what his teammate is doing this year? He's in one of the most dominant cars of all time. Of course, I'm going to give him average grades because he's not even on the podium. I think when six, two cars have been disqualified. Exactly. <laughs> so I think even six out of ten is generous, but I'm going to stick with it. I've gone for a 7 out of 10, which I think is generous, but it's only because I have basically been saying for the last five races that all he needs to do is just have a normal race and finish fifth or fourth or whatever and, you know, just not have But he finished sixth on the road, Tommy. I know. <laughs> uh, no, fifth. Yeah, he was ahead. Oh, sorry, fifth. Yeah, fifth Leclerc, yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but still... Uh, it is painful because at the end of the day, Max starts sixth because of mistake, and you think, Checker, this is your time to actually capitalise, and he's qualifying down with the Alpines and battling them. Um, and I'm going to stop talking before I give him a six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Max Verstappen started the sprint in first, finished first, started the main race in sixth, finished first. It's a 10 out of 10, despite the small error of all the times that you want to make an error. It's in, um, it's in qualifying and he rectified it in the race. I don't think, again, it's the sign of Verstappen's brilliance this year that that race threw a lot against him. Look where Perez was, but you know, he had brake problems. He had the instant where there were fast cars up ahead. He had to do different things. He it didn't look like, um, for the f for the first time really, it didn't look like he was miles clear, other than the anomaly of Singapore. Uh, and there's talk. Uh, I, I I read that essentially, um, Singapore was something a bit similar, where they were uh, worried in Singapore about this exact situation where the bumps would uh, destroy the the floor. Uh, sorry, the the little wooden plank and they'd get disqualified um so they uh joined the edge of caution and raised the car quite a lot you can see it from the pictures and the guy still ends up winning in the sprint and the main race and what what is there more to say just superb again absolutely i've gone for a 10 out of 10 as well for max um of course he made that small mistake in on friday which was millimeters obviously off the off the track and but he, he drove around those brake problems. He beat, technically, an illegal car. <laughs> like all of these things that, as you say, were thrown against him and seemed a little bit like he was getting a bit hot under the collar at times, especially, I mean, his own team were throwing things at him, i.e. talking to him during the braking zones more on more than one occasion. Um, but no, I think... What's most impressive about Max, and I did say this in the Twitch watch along as well, where I was like, I'll be interested to see if Max has the same level of patience when he knows that the car isn't good enough to get straight to first and doesn't really matter how long it takes. 
because sometimes I guess champions are made where you can settle for a second or third when you know that the win isn't on. So I am going to be interested to see as the years goes goes on if Max genuinely has instilled this patient approach. But as of right now, and this is the only thing we can judge, he was patient. He 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 managed his moves brilliantly and and then ended up winning the race. I think that Mercedes handed him the race as well. I don't think I think it would have been a lot closer, as we've mentioned before, with with Hamilton, had we seen a, a mimicking of strategies. But look, they did what they had to do. Um Big shout out to the to the strategy team at, at Red Bull. I think they did a great job with Max. Made you know went on the aggressive and did the undercut with the mediums, which which forced the hand of obviously Lando Norris, but also pushed Mercedes into making the wrong decision, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, uh, ten out of ten for Max Verstappen. Finally, who is our P one? Well, the only P one ten out of ten is Max Verstappen. So congratulations to Max Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other 10 out of 10 performances for either of us, is there? Indeed, yeah. Um, there were some good drives, uh, Gasly and, and Norris and Hamilton, but they all got 9 out of 10s and Max got uh, a 10. So it's got to be Max again. Well done, Max. It's Max again. Yeah, that's what we've heard a lot this season. But um, that is it. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to this F1 driver rating video for the United States Grand Prix, uh, we'll be back very soon. We are we are back. It's race week now that we're recording this because we're going to Mexico, of course, this weekend. Well, we're not, but uh, Formula One is. And we'll be live on Twitch, as you <laughs> sorry, know. We're going to Mexico. Yeah, sorry, Tommy, I haven't told <laughs> you about that. We're going to Valencia. <laughs> sorry, mate. Uh, we're actually going to Valencia to go and drive a Formula E car, which is very, very exciting mm. and video coming soon. Look forward to that. Um, but yes, of course, we will be live as normal uh, for Mexico City uh, Grand Prix for, uh, for the whole weekend. So look forward to that. And Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are goodbye. Really? Yeah. Uh, you could um, have you could have plugged the P1 tired. live show. You could have you could have done anything. Oh, you wait. could have done anything sorry, that was yeah. like remotely useful, but instead I know, I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh P1 P1 live show is going to be announced this week very soon by the time this goes out. It will be tomorrow. No, Wednesday. Wednesday is the announcement, a full announcement. Yeah. Um, so this is the pre-announcement. 3rd of December, Manchester. 5th of December, Glasgow. 10th of December, London. Put that in your calendars. We want to see you there Lock and have the in. best end of season live show. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. Thank you, Tommy, for your great final thoughts. Really appreciate them. And we'll see you very <laughs> soon. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.